Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast for the week of July 11, 2022, alongside Hunter Pulaski. I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. This is a sick edition. I'm coming to you at about 60%. We're going for the MJ flu game here, as Hunter says, but be patient with us. And if my voice sounds a little different, it's not because I have new recording equipment. It's just don't feel well at all right now but i'm here toughing it out because if any of my picks hit this week i want to make sure they were on record uh double the fun again this week pga tour we get four tournaments in two weeks we got the open championship at the home of golf st andrews overseas while we got the barracuda championship back home stateside at old greenwood in Truckee, california we will preview those events and get you our picks going to be an exciting weekend of golf also the lpga is in midland michigan for the dow great lakes invitational this week ajga coca-cola championship at the highlands at harvest springs wrapped up last week we'll get to the final results on that it was a great event out there as well as some results from the men's and women's usam qualifiers that have been going on across uh the state of michigan but first Takeaways, Hunter, from the weekend. Obviously, I am very pleased with Trey Molinax coming through for me at 180 to 1 in really dramatic fashion in what was a great Sunday at the Barbasol. But let's start with the Scottish Open, shall we, where Xander Shoffley continues on an all-time heater here winning the travelers winning the jp mcmanus pro-am which might be a bigger deal than winning the travelers and then following that up with the scottish open victory i don't know if you count this as two in a row or three in a row but in either case this man's on a heater he loves Lynx golf your takeaways from that tournament and how do you uh what do you project for xander coming into this week at the open championship where he is sure to be very popular and for good reason well, to answer your second question first, I have no idea what to think about Xander Shoffley at the Open. No idea. Not even not even the slightest clue. He has my brain in such a pretzel right now. As somebody that doesn't necessarily love Xander Shoffley, I don't know what he's doing right now, how he's doing what he's doing. Uh, like, that Scottish Open field was solid. That was a great tournament. Very, yeah, it was an awesome tournament. It was got off to a rough start with Cameron Tringali shooting an opening round 61, but yeah, three I think, more I think, days of golf took care of I that. I think we all knew that wasn't. <laughs> he hung around a Poor lot. Poor Mr. Triangle. I'm trying to think of what his exact <laughs> did he, he said his putter was en fuego, I think on Thursday, and that's when I knew, <laughs> you're donezo, buddy. <laughs> you are in trouble. Maybe save the en fuego <laughs> for private company yeah. later on. Or like a su- Sunday evening conversation yeah, yeah. Once, yeah. You, once you have a, a trophy in your hand. He was ahead by like two or three shots, and like a guy that was right behind him was Gary Woodland. <laughs> I was looking at that Thursday leaderboard. You could almost confuse it for the Barbasol Championship, but... Nice performance by when the conditions got tougher over the weekend. That was really interesting golf. Took some bites out of some players like Jordan Spieth, who got into contention for half a second and and faded. And uh, but Xander holding strong. Yeah, is what he, he a Lynx 
I was like, specialist now in addition to a limited field specialist can, should we just probably say that he's good now even I am coming around to this man being good well, another he, tough tough week for the Cantley is better than Xander crowd Cantley's got to get on his horse here because now he's he's getting, yeah he's, he might be getting clipped and the worst part is that you once you said that like a year and a half ago you made reference of it like six months ago and ever since then Cantley hasn't been able to get out of bed and Xander's been playing really well. Okay, well, they won together at the team event. <laughs> and since then, was And Cantlay has not played great since then, but he did just finish, like, fifth at the Scottish. Yeah. Um, He's a guy I can't see myself wagering on at the Open Championship, but also a guy who it wouldn't surprise me entirely if he played really well there. And, and much was made of his poor major record already this summer in talks leading up to the PGA and the U.S. Open when he had better form. Um, but yeah, it's going to be hard not to get invested in Xander Shoffley in some fashion this week, considering he's won, like I said, two or three tournaments in a row, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, it's, I mean, this is essentially, he's going to get, isn't this like very similar to what happened with Scotty at the Masters? Like we just didn't even like, I don't even know if we said Sky Shuffler's name going into the Masters. Yeah, it's like and so obvious that he's playing the best golf yeah. in, the world, in the world right now. And is that, so I'm St. Be, Andrews has more, there's more variability. You you need to get the right draw and some other things have to sort of fall in line for you, That less so at Augusta. But I don't know. I think people are going to bet him though. I think so. Well, It'd be hard not to. We'll get to the board, and I actually haven't uh, taken a deep dive into the board. I'm curious to see it, where he is on the board. Is he top three? There's a lot There's a lot of guys under 20, so yeah. he's in that mid to high teens kind of mix. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, you're paying the set. You could pay that. You could, on a lot of books, they're pricing right there next to Rom, next to Spieth at the same numbers. And Xander always is at a low number because people love betting on Xander to begin with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he, he tried like heck on uh, on Sunday to lose the golf tournament. I mean, wasn't he at 10 going into it? Fast start. And finished at 7. Slow middle. Solid finish. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, sh- it was shaky in the middle. And he talked about that after the round, too. He said, well, I was ahead, I was behind, I was ahead, I was behind. And he talked about that mentality of Lynx golf just staying even keel. Um. He does have that kind of boring, good in all areas, not spectacular in any areas, solid kind of game that feels like it should translate to the tests of an open championship. He played, he handled himself fine in the wins. Yeah. He can curve the ball both directions. That drive he hit on 17 was like a ball hooked, like it looked like 100 yards almost. And I know wind's a huge factor there, but if he's comfortable playing in those kind of conditions and he's feeling that good, the most interesting thing about it was he's won three tournaments in a row, and then after the round on Sunday, he said, well, I really didn't play well today. Oh, I think, and I think that was maybe a little obvious. Like, Sunday he played, I think that was, he was his worst day he by, says by far his worst four, day four shots, probably. Four. So does that mean the heater's over then? <laughs> and he just snuck out. A, like, I can see myself fading Xander completely in fa- in daily fantasy because I feel like I'm just, if he doesn't play well, I'm already ahead of 20% of the teams I'm competing against because I really feel like he's going to be the highest, highest or one of the highest owned players. But I might 
like I could certainly talk myself into getting behind it at, at 18 if I could find it. Yeah, I mean, I could, I can, I can easily talk her way out of not of saying that these <laughs> these last two the Scottish Open was a good win, but the Travelers Field wasn't exactly. Oh, here we go, blowing the field away. Again. And then just got to take it away from these guys every time. And then the JP McNash, you just don't know what's gonna like. I just don't know how what guys' mindsets are going into that. Yeah, I have no. I don't I, put much stock into that, but the fact that he just play it seems to play well right now every time he tees it up. Yeah, it's hard to ignore because, like you said, there's a parallel there with Scheffler, mm-hmm. and then we allowed him to just sort of like, you know, none of us bet him at Augusta, even though he was the hottest player in the world because we didn't like the number. This is like the exact same scenario now with Xander, except. Feels a little different. <laughs> Probably not quite as good of a player, maybe. But Scheffler's much younger. He has Xander is still. Yeah, that, I think that's the biggest difference. I think they're they're much different. Well, and I think we have to be sets. careful about just because they're playing overseas and they're playing in Scotland, like that course, that Renaissance Club and and Barrick is not anything like St Andrews. And I don't. I was about to mention that. I don't know why we. Why do they play that golf course? They're in Scotland. Like, why don't they go on Seaside? Isn't like the whole point of of the Scottish Open is to be a um a pre essentially a preview a a warm up? I heard John Rahm was was not exactly a fan of oh, the Renaissance. You know, Rahm with a little negativity a about little the golf too, course uh, and the setup to the press. To, well, I just don't know why they're there. Jeez, they're, this and guy I, is I, getting. <laughs> So annoying. I'm glad I missed that. I, he, why are they trying to Americanize? They're like trying to Americanize it. I don't get it. I'm actually on board with them. What are you saying? What they're like? They need to de-Americanize that golf course. It needs well, to like be golf like, course. Yeah. Well, we, what? Why does he? Your point's a better one. Like play it somewhere else. I don't well, think we I, need to, you know, climb all over Tom Doak and Patty <laughs> Harrington for making a course that's too American in Scotland. But the Scottish Open doesn't have to go play there. No, they don't. But money, 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 yeah, money, 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 money. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it made for entertaining golf. Yeah. No, it was definitely entertaining. granted. So did the, uh, so did Keen Trace. But yeah, I mean. That was a really fun Sunday. And I was, when I, I have to tell you, when Kitayama and Tom Kim, I think I texted you, were charging up that Scottish Open board, for the first time in my life, I started rooting for Xander Shoffley. Because those are two guys that I look at and like to bet on. And heck, you can get Kitayama for 200 to 1 at the Open Championship, which I, I didn't bet. And I still don't think it's a, a good bet. But I was like, oh gosh, if one of these two comes through and I don't have a ticket, I'm really going to be kicking myself. I don't know where Kitayama is on the rankings now, on the, the FedEx um, rankings, but he was really far down there. But I swear, I always see his name near the top of the leaderboard on, like, on Sundays. He between He's done it a few times this year. For somebody that's so far down, it's just a very recognizable name, I think. It's one of those, it just stands out like a sore thumb. It's really good with his long clubs. You mm-hmm. saw like that that shot on, like he killed that tee shot on, sorry, 17 was the par three, so the tee shot I was talking about earlier with Xander was on 16, 17 is the par three, where he hit it like well over the green, which kind of was his undoing, just because he was so jacked and like just flushed it, and then on 18, he was the only guy who seemed to really give himself a halfway decent birdie opportunity there. 
he's really that guy's gonna be really good on long courses, high winds. Like he's good with his driver and his long irons. And you're right, he's popped in a handful of events this year. He might be a good guy to look out for this coming fall swing season when we get some more of those courses that are maybe more favorable to that style of play. But he's certainly comfortable playing overseas too. It was fun to see Kitty Yama make a charge, Tom Kim make a charge. You'll be seeing Tom Kim's name for many, many years to come. He is so young and so good already. Um, but good on good on Xander to uh, to get it done. How about my boy Trey Mullinax? Yeah, that was awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. What a battle, too. What a sweat. That was intense. I couldn't even watch. I was gonna I'm not sure if it was better or worse being unable to watch. I he, had to he, he literally uh oh Trey, and I'm like how far behind is my app? Did he hit it in the water on 18? It, was, it turns out that was just the text. You sent me that text after you left it short on 17. I was like, whatever. If he's not in the water, I'm fine. Because I felt like he had an advantage on 18. And then, gosh, was his ball close to the water on, on the second shot on 18. Yeah. Um, and you, you just to clarify, it wasn't because you couldn't watch it because of nerves. He literally couldn't watch it. No, I literally do not have access to the golf. Don't have I don't access. have the golf. We do a golf. Po- we do a golf podcast. I won't be watching. And he doesn't have I access. I have like to I've already channel. have like eight tickets for the Barracuda, and I can't that watch it. Sick. But I have I have a live reporter. I have boots on the ground at Old Greenwood, baby. <laughs> a member of the staff. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. He really likes Camp Davis this week, by the way. Yeah. I have a. Uh, we'll get. Are we gonna get into it? We'll just do a quick Barracuda. I don't know if we're gonna do picks Barracuda, but I like uh, Hubbard a lot this week. Oh, you do? Yeah. Are you going to that short number on Hubbard? What is he at? Hubba Hubbard has been playing some really good golf lately. Is it? Is it reflecting in his uh, his number? It all goes back to that hilarious story when he's he ended up missing the cut. But remember when they were in Mexico or whatever, and him and Damon they all got really bad food poisoning, and he went out that morning. <laughs> That was a funny exchange on Twitter when his brother was like, wow, that was a good battle to get back into contention for the cut. And he's like, you have no idea. Now, Damon couldn't even play, but I like him, but the number is so short, Hunter. It's like it's like under 20. Do you want to hear the... You want to hear the odds already for the Barracuda, or should we, we shelve we can, it until the until a little later in the show? We can we can shelve it. You sure? Yeah, that's fine. Twenty two. I see twenty two to one. By the way. Whoo, baby. So so yeah. But I mean, I'm probably he's probably that's not that unfair of a price when you consider who he's priced around. Uh, so I mean, you you couldn't watch it, but uh, <laughs> his his approach shot. On coming into eighteen, he went on the right side of the of the yeah. of the flag, yeah. which was an easier putt. But I'm assuming he wasn't aiming. Yeah, I would that think was, that. <laughs> I would think that's a bit of a push. I would think you're trying to hit it right where Streelman's ball was. Yeah, and Streelman's had a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a bender and a lot definitely a harder putt. Um, but he had to be clenched a little bit when that thing was in the air on the on the second shot. Yeah, it hurt me a little bit to cheer against Streelman there in that moment because. He's a Midwestern guy. He's about to get inducted into the Illinois Golf Hall of Fame. He's from Wheaton. It's like 25 minutes, 30 minutes from where I live now. I mean, he's a, he's a good dude, and he played some great golf. He made, I think, five, he made five birdies on the back nine uh, on Sunday with just those couple of bogeys. Mm-hmm. Kind of kept it in check, and then he said he hit that putt right where he wanted to on 18. I thought it looked low off the face, but maybe he just misread it. I did, by the time... 
they got to the 18th green. My friend was over at my house, and so I told him to pull up his golf channel app, so I watched him putt out on 18. <laughs> <laughs> that was my exposure to the... But that, that was really fun. And now I've got some... What happens when you hit a long shot, like 180 to 1 numbers, you get really bullish. And you oh, start, yeah. You start, you start going... Ah. 150 to 1 plus at the Open Championship. All yeah. these guys can win. I mean, they've all got it. There's an angle to every one of these guys. So I'll hit you with some real open long shots coming up a little later in the show. I'm uh <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure you will. I think the only Kevin Streelman will never leave my brain because do you remember that it was called the Tour Striker? I might even have said this on the podcast. Remember the Tour Striker? Is this it a was, golf club? It, it was the golf club that had I don't even know how to explain it. It was like a triangle-looking thing where essentially you had to hit down on it, and it would create. A, I mean, it was like a. It was essentially to create forward press. You remember that? And he was like the poster boy for it for Sounds years. Like a terrible device. <laughs> a real club or a training aid? Uh you could hit real shots with it. You definitely you could hit real shots. I will have to. I will have to find it. Yeah, yeah. You'll have to like. I'm not, we'll tweet it out or something. Yes. But that's a little heater for you. That's three, two in a row now. Two weeks in a row of winners. Yep. Sheesh. Yeah. Sheesh. The account's looking a little better. Yep. Thank you, JT Poston. Thank you, Trey Mullinax. Nice to win also on guys that you actually like and cheer for, too. Yeah, exactly. That does um, help. I got a few guys on my on my uh, bet slip this week who I don't normally cheer for. But, yeah, I mean, if you don't know the story of Trey Mullinax, you should go read it. Um just a crazy story. A really, really talented guy. Played at Alabama. Came out on tour. Was playing very well. And he got hit in the head by a golf ball. And it changed the next three years of his life more dramatically than he could have ever imagined. He didn't know how hurt he was. Kept trying to go back out and play, play, play. Got sicker, sicker, sicker. Found out he had a very severe concussion, had to take a lot of time off, and has since come back from from that point to get to where he is today. So that is a great moment of redemption for a player who is ultra-talented and, and hardworking and who has had more than his fair share of bad luck. Um, so if you don't know that story, I think there are some articles out there. Maybe Golf Digest has something that's uh, that can tell you a little bit more about how that all came to be and what kind of a guy Trey Mullinax is. But, yeah, never never been happier to cash a 180-1. to one. He's only 32. Like he's, got a, he's got a long career he's, ahead of him still. I think people will realize. Now, he's up to 71st in the FedEx Cup standing, so he hasn't had a great year yet this year. But he's, this guy is a really, a really good player, a really talented player. I think he was probably – I want to say he played – at Alabama at the same time as Justin Thomas. And if that's the case, I imagine they were the number one and number two on the team at that time. He's he's that good. And I think they're still good buddies. Um, but, yeah, exciting, exciting stuff over the weekend. So why don't you take us through a few of the things that have been happening around here. I know we've got the LPGA. The ladies are in Midland this week, which is really exciting. They've got a different format for that one. I know some people from up here in the northern Michigan area will be heading down there to watch that. Um, cool little country club golf course there. Mm-hmm. But then we also had some tournament action up in our neck of the woods at the Highlands at the Moor, 
where I saw some juniors shooting some really low scores at the AJGA Coca-Cola Championships. Yeah, these kids are really good. Very, very good at golf. Uh, so this was, we'll, we'll start with the Coca-Cola Classic. That was July 4th through the 7th. Uh, they just played at the Moore this year, and I think that that's been the case now for the last few years. Uh, in the girls' division, uh, Megan Mang from uh, Pennington, New Jersey, won with a score of 9 under par, 66, 72, 69, total of 207. Uh, Consula Juo shot 7 under, 69, 70, 70. And rounding out the top three, Lisa Copeland shot 6 under, 73, 67, 70. From, uh, and she's from Naperville. Illinois, so a little bit of Midwest ties. And then for the guys, uh, crazy low numbers. Uh, Pops, uh, Ponsipak. Uh, I know, I know. It's a really <laughs> hard name to say. I couldn't say it either. I know. If Peter can't say it, that makes me feel. It's really hard that to say. It takes such a uh, <laughs> weight off of my chest. If you, if you, when I saw that name, I go, you have got to be kidding yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a um, hard name to say. I'm sure he has a nickname. <laughs> which I wish they would give it to us because they gave it to us for the second place finisher. Consula's nickname is Mimi. Okay. There you I go. can say Consula. I can't say. Uh, so it's Ponspak Lepakadi. Lepakadi shot 14 under par, 66, 69, 67. He's from Thailand. Uh, Connor McNeely from Indiana shot 13 under, 68, 68, 67. And we had two uh, tied for third, Maxwell Vandermullen, who we'll mention here in about two minutes at the Michigan Amateur, shot 11 under, 70, 68, 67, tied with Lorenzo Panelli, who was in a playoff last year at this event uh, at the score of 11, 11 under, 64, 70, 71. And like I just mentioned, we will – quickly talk about the the 44th Michigan Junior State Am which is at Augaming Golf Resort that started yesterday which you have not played there I have not played there no we should get down there yeah if I've, you've not played Augaming I definitely think it's worth it I haven't played the torch course which I've heard people really like but I played the Sundance course mm. which is more open has big features big greens big bunkers um it's a bit of a little bit of a hidden treasure right there just off uh just off 31 over by all those farms yeah. across from uh, King Orchards I think it is and some really good golf that's you know what 45 minutes from Petoskey 20 minutes from Travers so yeah maybe we should make a trip down there and excited for to for to have a a Michigan amateur up here yeah i i wonder that's got to be in some way a connection because it's not just augaming now it's it's augaming Antrim Dells, Charlevoix Country Club, and I, I, I thought for some reason maybe there was one more. Have you played Antrim Dells? I have played Antrim Dells only one time. Have we talked about that on this podcast before? Um, if we have, I don't have a ton. It was my, it was my fresh freshman year of high school. It was a long time ago. Hard golf course. Course is sneaky, freaking hard. Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah, I was. I mean, I, and I was a real hack. Until I pulled over there one night. It was like six o'clock at night. I was on my way back from the office in Travers. I'm like, I've driven by this golf course 500 times. I'm going in. There was nobody there. It was windy, 
first tee shot's like really elevated, and then he dogleg to the left, and then the second hole is like a 420 par four with like a hazard all the way down the right, woods left, and like a severely sloping green from left. I was like, where? I was like, if I hadn't known it was gonna be this, it looks easy. From the road, <laughs> but it's actually really spread out. It's a big piece of property. Like it's, I would say, it's it's not going to be as well maintained as maybe if you're um, used to playing country club golf or whatever. But it's the layout and everything. Like it, it's worth a stop. I assume you you played the front nine near the road, or did you play the all, all eighteen? I think I went as long as I could. I don't think I made all eighteen because the back it gets like a little marshy. I believe that's the back where you go behind the clubhouse on the other side of the hill. And there right. are some hard You're right. holes back I there. remember. 10 is kind of short. I still think I screwed that up. And then I remember 11 is a really hard hole. And 9 is, like, brutally hard. You have to lay up off the tee, and then you turn and go straight up a hill back up towards the clubhouse. Reminds me of little... You have to hit, like, a long iron. A little I'm, Travers. I'm like, this isn't... But, like, it's a great, it's a great test and really affordable. I mean, I just think... If you're like me and you've been driving by there, stop one night because yeah. you'll like it. Uh, quick, <laughs> you just like jogged a memory in my brain that I, I've had about Antrim Dells for, for a year. One, the only time I ever played there was in a, a tournament, and uh, Riley Chaplain, shout out Riley, was on the team, and his ball went into a gopher hole. <laughs> <laughs> like, we watched it go right down the middle of the fairway. I swear, all of us watched it go right out of the middle of the fairway, and it was gone. And the only thing that was there was just a gopher hole. <laughs> so that that is a, a fond memory I have. How about that? That's like a true Caddyshack moment. <laughs> there's probably that doesn't surprise me that there's a few gopher holes out there. No, but maybe with these new uh, with the new ownership that they've stepped up maintenance a little bit. Yeah, it was, it nice was never th- in bad shape. It was nice already. Yeah, I mean the greens aren't fast or anything, but they the greens have so much slope and they're so crowned. Mm-hmm. They can't be that fast anyway. So no, I think it's a good. I think it's a good play. Anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. I know you wanted to talk about the Michigan Amateur coming up to Agame. No, no, totally fine. Uh, so, like I said, the uh, the stroke play portion was yesterday. Thirty six holes to determine the top thirty two of match play. The medalist of the stroke play is a name that we've mentioned a few times. Drew Miller uh, shot eleven under par, sixty six, sixty seven. He's from East Lansing. Uh, so he is. Gosh, these kids are going so low. He shot 11 under par in 36 holes. There is you. <laughs> you finish in 18th place if you shot even par. Uh, 18th place. Where do you finish if you shoot a pair of 76s? <laughs> if you shot <laughs> last, uh, you were essentially like 25 spots for making the cut. Okay. 30 yeah. spots for making the cut. Well, that's where I would have been. So you. <laughs> So uh, one name that did uh, Cole Putman did make it through to the round of 32. Uh, he did lose this morning in his round of 32 match. Uh, just some notables that did win. Drew Miller won five and four. Uh, Justin Suey, who was in that playoff last year at Coca-Cola Classic with PJ and Lorenzo, he won one up. And Maxwell Vandermullen, who is uh, – I think we'll talk about him a lot over the next couple of years. He's a class of 2026. Uh, he dominated the 1500 division for, for the last couple of years. Uh, he won five and four over his. So we will keep you updated on and how that he finishes. From? He is from uh, Richland. So which, actually, is, which is where? Not to put you on the spot. but uh, So I believe 
this is like a small world moment right now. I okay. believe that's from the western, lower western part of Michigan because when I worked in Florida, we had members from western Michigan that uh, Vander Mullen was the last name, and they're, they're, this is their nephew, I believe. Oh, okay. 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 So. A lot of Vander... Vander anything's over there on the on the yeah. on the west side, west side of the state. Great area for golf too, by the way. And just uh, yeah, Kalamazoo County. I figured. All right, moving. So yeah, like I said, we will get you. Uh, we will get you update on those scores uh, and who wins that next week. Peter might even uh, might even. Tweet I should it out. probably tweet about that. Yeah. Yep. They'll all be busy hacking it around the green coat. So. At beautiful Birchwood Farms Country Club. Uh, <laughs> is this still Birchwood Farms? Just Birchwood? I don't know. I really don't know. That's something. That's probably something you should know. You're going to play there. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, so <laughs> let's move on to some USAM qualifying, starting with the women who were playing at uh, Saginaw, Saginaw Country Club. Great track. Uh, Annika Dye from Michigan and Ashley Kim also Ashley Kim just graduated from Michigan. They both qualified and will be playing in the Women's US Am. Uh, both of them shot even par and made it through in a three or a five for three playoff. Uh, Annika's sister. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. And then Annika's sister, uh, Ansi, just barely missed out on the playoff. She shot one over par uh, 72. What a great summer for those two sisters. Yeah, no, they're uh, they're killing it. And then, uh, unfortunately, the um, the names I mentioned last week, which I'm about to pull a rabbit out of my hat, uh, Haley Borgia, uh, Laura Song, and Sydney Song all uh, failed to qualify at the the Las Gatos uh, qualifier on July 7th. But we will keep you updated if they partake in any other events throughout the summer. Back to uh, in Michigan at Egypt Valley, there was a US Am qualifier. Uh, Charles DeLong from uh, Allendale, a Grand Valley golfer, shot seven under par, 68 69 to qualify. And then Palmer Yenrick from Oregon also shot seven under par, 68 69 to qualify. And then that was at Egypt Valley. And then finally at Oakland Hills North, we had another US Am qualifier, uh, Colin. Uh, Lazaro from Springfield, uh, Anthony Sorrentio from Rochester Hills, Nicholas uh, Bonima from Troy, and Colin O'Rourke from uh, Troy as well qualified. Actually, Nick and Colin are both first and second alternate, but Colin and Anthony have qualified for the USAM later this summer. That's a hard course. I've never played the North. I've played the South. I've not played the North. but I And I was... So then that made me go down a little rabbit hole of see how the clubhouse is doing. Yeah, how is it doing? Uh, it sounds like it's like it, it isn't it is covered by insurance and um, they're essentially going to like remake the same exact exactly how it was exactly how it was, which is great because this is one of the most beautiful clubhouses I've ever seen. So they will uh, it sounds like they're going to start taking bids here um, within the next couple weeks months good, good. to yeah. to get that uh, plan bid out. And it sounds like it should be done here by, I don't know, like 2025 is what they made it sound like. So not too uh, not too far away. Yeah, excited to have that back in the back in the road. Yeah, the north is just like really narrow fairways, 
long rough, small greens, raised greens, a couple long par threes. I can remember caddying out there. It's tough. Tough course. Really a cool place. And now moving on, uh, the last thing I have for for amateur golf, uh, another AJG event. This is the Wyndham Cup. This is held at uh, Old Sandwich. This is the, the top 20 East players in the country versus the top 20 West players in the country. Uh, PJ Maybank is uh, is playing in this event for the East team. Um, I believe, unless something changed the leaderboard in the last 20 minutes, it's loading. Uh, I'm pretty sure they got their doors blown off in the first session. Uh-oh. What's the format? So it's a <clears throat> better ball of partners in the morning today. There's a foursome this afternoon mixed. So it's girls and boys playing. Uh, and then tomorrow, same thing, I believe. And then Thursday is singles. Look at the AJGA. Yeah. They I, know how to do it. Yeah, Old Sandwich uh, is like a very prestigious club up in the Northeast. So, I'm, I mean, it's kind of cool to see them. What an awesome week for those kids to be able to do that and to play a mixed. That's awesome. Good uh, for they are down. <laughs> the East is currently getting creamed two to eight after the morning session. All right. So, they're going to have to get a little comeback on. And <laughs> yeah, PJ, PJ lost to a couple of ringers, apparently. The PJ and Jack. Uh, Roberts, Jack is from St. Mary's, Georgia. They lost six and five to Carson Kim and Henry Guan from California and Dallas, Texas. Yeah, yeah, that'll happen. Yeah. That'll happen. I'm sure yeah. those guys are making lots of birdies out there. You can't win them all. It is. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, but they he is one of. I think I saw two names playing in this that are from northern states. Yeah, like it's there was one girl from Ohio. Uh, I see a Minnesota on here, and then I see PJ's name, and then nothing really, nothing much north of Virginia. So something to be said about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's an a, a accomplishment uh, in and of itself mm-hmm. to be in the tournament. And that's all. That's all I really have for the local side of things. I feel like we have we have to have a tournament of champions coming up here soon. July is such a busy month; I just lose track of everything. But isn't that Boyne coming up here? Probably, yeah. Late July, I think. So I will keep an eye on that. Um, and then can you tell, remind us again, the format for the Dow Great Lakes at the, uh, Midland Country oh, Club this yes. week? Yes, that is what I, that is probably what I was So thinking. you just did day amateurs, now we're going to go around the tours, so yes. you're fine. You're still good. Yes. Yeah, so it's a, it's a, uh, team event, right? It is a team event. So I believe, um, unless I am... Sort of mistaken. I believe it is a better ball of partners all four days. Okay. Got it. And, like, so who are some of the – So the past winners, if that's what you're looking for, yeah. uh, would be the Jutanagarn uh, Ju- sisters. Just oh, yeah. one in oh, – yeah. Are uh, the Corda sisters playing together this year? They are playing together this year. And they – so it was canceled in 2020 and 2021 um, – like Hopefully in a few years the Die Sisters will be playing together in this. That would be nice. That'd be it? awesome, right? I will definitely go then. I'd like to be going this weekend, frankly. Well, sometimes you can't have, watch the Barracuda, so might as well go to Midland. Sometimes you have other obligations. Yeah. No, I don't mean it that way. <laughs> I'm kidding. I I can't wait to go 
hack it around and not win my flight this week, Hunter. Well, see, that's Peter. That's your problem right there. You have your expectations oh, well, are, are so here we go <laughs> wrong. Why don't you like? Why don't you say you want to go win? Poor Steve. You you put put him in reverse a box psychology you... with myself. Is that has that proven to ever work? No, not yet. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's got to work. It's a it's a long right? game. And then where is the Corn Ferry? Have we got have we gotten to the part of this the section of the schedule where we go out west yet? Uh, we have to yes because we were just in Colorado last week. Okay. So we are getting we are getting more out west, I believe, this week. We're at Panther Creek. We are at Panther Creek for the seventh edition of the Memorial Health Championship. Uh, Hale Irwin design. Really? How about that? He likes birdies. It doesn't appear to have a lot in common with the Jack Nicholas design. He loves bogeys. Well, Hale just wants everyone to have fun. Yeah, I guess so. I'm there. I'm there for that. So look out for look out for birdies, eagles, and low scores this week. Where is this place? I'm, I'm about to tell you because I was that was uh, it is. Oh, it's actually we're back in Illinois. We're in Springfield. Oh gosh. Have you ever played this course? Not many worse places than Springfield, Illinois. Even with the politics aside. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Off air, I'll tell you a story about a hotel. A hotel was a motel that I stayed in in Springfield one time. Well, It wasn't nice. Without even saying... That might have been the worst night of sleep I've ever had, and last night I slept from 2 to 6. Not well. <laughs> without even hearing any context of the story... I feel like I'm, I have to victim shame you for staying in a motel, unless it was, unless it was advertised me, as a hotel. It was pitched to me as being a hotel. I was tagging along on uh, my Sarah's, my spouse's business trip. At that time, I don't believe we were married, but uh, eh, yeah, we probably were. It was, it was bad though. It was bad. It was bad. I didn't feel safe or comfortable. I just wanted to sit on the edge of, uh, of the bed holding a 12-gauge shotgun in my lap and, and, and preparing to for what might come through the door. Sorry, Springfield. For the fine, hardworking people of Springfield. It's not for everyone, apparently. Get some better hotels. <laughs> well, sounds like you guys should have stayed <laughs> in a hotel. Oh, man. All right, that's really all I have from uh, from around the tour, and so we will get you updated on on some scores from the uh, LPGA. They are with the way the the scheduling. I mentioned this last week to my buddies. I love this this time of year because you essentially get golf from like two a.m. Yeah. until it's like great. the time you go to bed. It is it is yeah. so glorious. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. So well, you have to have golf channels to be able to get that. <laughs> well, you're up here this weekend. Where's the where do you watch the Dow Great Lakes? Is that all also on Golf Channel? It it no, it's on um, NBC. It is on CBS. CBS. I I and the thought. Open Championship is on NBC. Azinger. <sighs> oh, well, while we're while we are oh, here. By the way, Taylor Moore, defending champ at Panther Creek. I like guys who play well at certain times of the year. 
Gosh, I got a pretty full ticket, but he was one of the first guys off my uh, off my bet slip this week. He's like fifty to one to uh, win the Barracuda, and I think that maybe forty five, forty. I think he's got a. I think he's got a good chance. Don't be surprised if you see him up towards the top this week. So we do a, an open championship. Is on three different channels this year. You get Peacock for a little bit, USA for a little That's bit. Not, those aren't real channels. And then uh, NBC is the majority of the coverage. Okay. And then uh, the Dow Great Lakes is July thirteenth, which would be. That's tomorrow. That's Wednesday. Oh, we might. Ooh, we have a we have a Wednesday through Saturday. We have a Wednesday event. through Saturday. Wednesday through Saturday event, folks. Wow. Wednesday Snaps through Saturday events. Uh, Look at the LPGA and the AJGA getting it figured out. Okay, PGA, your turn. So July thirteenth, uh, tomorrow from three to six, you have ch- you have coverage on the Golf Channel for the Dow Great Lakes. Friday, Thursday from one to four. Friday from one to four, and then you are on CBS for a couple hours, four to six on July sixteenth, and then final round Saturday. Yes, I just messed it up. Yeah. Look at yeah. that. We get golf. Morning, noon, and night, and on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, and so this what is, a week. First round will be in the books if you're listening to us on on, on radio. What time? Like, what time will you be up for? Are we just, just going to get in the open? We move, we sure, we can go to that. You want to go to the open first yeah. or the cooler? Do you first? set an, Do you set an alarm for the open? You know, are you, are you I, going to wake up at normally all? Normally, I would. Yeah, and then I would. It would probably be like a not before like what time does it come on? I mean, Thursday is like 1 a.m. Not to say, obviously, not going to be at 1 a.m., but it's you could watch. I'm sure there's some brave souls who will actually stay up from the previous day yeah. and then consume the beginning of the coverage, which is one way to go. But, yeah, normally I would want to – I'll probably try to watch for like an hour or so before, before the day starts, work starts, just to get a feel for how the course is playing and to be able to see a little bit of it. Yeah, four to four to three p.m. on on Thursday and Friday on USA. Yeah, yeah, tricky times for for uh, those of us who are employed. But do you have? I mean, what do you? I'm not gonna do like a course preview for St. Andrews. I guess everybody knows St. Andrews is the home of golf. Yeah, shared fairways, shared greens, large kind of rolling complexes, but a short course. Um, you know, famous for the pot bunkers, for the road hole, for hitting it over the downtown, just totally different and and special. Um, if you look at past winners, kind of, kind of all over. Um, Zach Johnson won in a playoff here. Just let that sink in for a second. That essentially just like removes any baseline for this tournament. It kind of does. It kind of does. Like there's no, there's no nothing to go off of. You here. think? I think there's a tendency probably to think, well, this is the home of golf. This is a great course. I've seen those quotes going around where like you really haven't completed your career until you've won at St Andrews. To me, that's all just BS. They only play there once every six years. Right, seven, six, seven. This is the first and six. Well, was, we I think it was. I guess we skipped. It was one. supposed to be six. I think we skipped one. Right. So, like, you're not going to get that many opportunities. And Rory missed the last one, right? Because he was hurt. Um. 
But I think there's a tendency to think, well, this is such a great venue. It's probably going to be a great champion. When in reality, this course brings in short game specialists, shorter hitters. I mean, you have to be playing well and avoiding mistakes. But it's not going to necessarily suit one type of player over another. Um, I think there's a number of ways to get it done here. You'll also hear people say that this is among the most strategic courses where you really need to think your way around the golf course. And so if you're looking at finishing position type odds or maybe even a, you know, a Darren Clark style long shot or whatever, I do think older guys with Lynx experience have a little bit of a leg up here. Um, but that being said, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see like a Sam Burns or somebody who's an up and comer come here and play well because it's also a golf course that you can, you know, almost, you know, really do a lot of damage with a driver. If you are long and straight with a driver, like if Rory is out there pumping his driver, he's going to be two-putting for birdie on a couple of the par fours. He's going to hand, be handling the par fives. The fascinating thing about St. Andrews is there's only two par threes. That's probably the most interesting uh, part of the golf course. So, um, but do you have do you have strong leans? I mean, there's a lot of guys coming in in really good form here. It's majors odd pricing, so the pricing is really really soft. You have lots of players under twenty. Um, do you have? We talked about Xander at the top. I'm sure, a lot of people like Rory. Where are you kind of leaning as you look at the Open Championship in terms of what you're expecting to see this week? Uh, so you kind of <clears throat> you kind of just hit it on it a little bit there with the two par fives, two par threes. Um, that would make me think that par four scoring would be would be important this For week sure. because sure. of the uh, the lack of other pars in the course. And typically, when you look at par four scoring statistics, it just looks like a list of the best players in the world. Yes, but there is one name that that stands out to me there's a couple of names that stand out to me and actually the so the top three is Justin Thomas, Seamus Power, and Xander. Seamus Power has been playing like he has been, he has not been playing as well as what we would have said at this time last year, but he still has racked up in his first round at majors, he was T twenty seventh uh at the Masters, he was T ninth at the PJ Championship and he was T twelfth at the US Open. So he can, he can play good golf in important moments, and he and he's t second in, um, like I said, t second or rather second in par four scoring. Uh, it's hard for me not to look at Justin Thomas leading par four scoring, leading approach to the green statistics, and not think. That's interesting because I haven't heard a lot of love for JT. Well, because he hasn't done well on Lynx golf golf right. courses, so right. it's like one of the I don't. You would, you would think, and I'm not sure what's holding him back because his wedge game is good. Seamus Power, by the way, is 65 to one. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know if I'd like. I think it might be a top 20 bet. Yeah, and I think it'd be a really. I, mean, I think it's a that's a really safe, good bet. I don't know if I 65 is. Plus two twenty five to top twenty, yeah. Seamus Power. I like that a lot because Justin Thomas is is what he is. I believe he is three out of three out of five in opens of making the cut. 
So it's not exactly like he's going out and there. And no high finishes? Uh, T11th at, Port, at uh, Royal Port Rush in 2019. It's hard to tell, though. Lowry missed like three open championship cuts, I think, in a row before he won. Yeah. So I, I do think there's there's like these courses are a lot different. JT's form is better. It is. I think I'm it, not it backing really him good. for all those reasons you said, and because you can't play that many. You, you sort of how many guys are going to play twenty to one and under? Probably one, yeah. maybe two, unless you don't want to bet anybody behind that. And like I'm definitely betting Jordan Spieth. At sixteen to one. I mean, I bet him last year at the Open Championship. He got second. He played well again last week. The ball yeah. striking numbers are good. <laughs> <laughs> and like this is St. Andrews, the creativity, this like that, the the short game. Is this strate- is his strate- ball striking the good? Strategery. Because he just he looked like he made everything at the Scottish Open. <laughs> if his ball striking was good, he would have been a lot more to par. Well, I don't know if we ha- I don't think we have ball striking statistics from the Scottish, but long form. I mean, going back this season, he's <clears> hitting the ball much better, even than he was when he was winning. Which was much more short game dominant. I mean, if you remember, we were talking about how poorly he's been putting all summer. So, like, that's my pick under 20. I think my second pick would probably be, if I was betting, would be Rom. Because I think all of a sudden it looks like we have value on Rom at 16 to 1 when Rory's at 9, Xander's at DraftKings, has Xander at 12, Scheffler at 14, and then. Uh, Spieth, Rahm, and Thomas all at 16. All of a sudden, Rahm looks like relative kind of value. Uh, he also, though, doesn't have the best of open championship records, despite having a tie for third. No, his his chipping, Last year, his or, chipping worries me right. on on anything like this. Like and, his hard pan, he I feel like he's just going to stub everything. Yeah, and you can't use the traditional... 56 degree everything around St. Andrews. There's going to be a lot of putting from off the green. There's going to be a lot of, you know, pitching wedges, nine irons, that kind of thing. I mean, heck, we might see Tiger chip with a seven iron this week. Yeah, we. I, I've seen some some videos of. <clears throat> I don't think you can be overstated how firm this golf course is. <laughs> so firm. I saw Trevino roll up a three wood out of the heather that rolled like 150 yards to like 20 feet. I mean, my life would be complete if I could just hit one drive downwind on one of those holes. Can you imagine like, just watching that first bounce? has got to be so exhilarating. I think one guy we have to talk about here is Colin Morikawa, the defending champion of this tournament, is 30-1, to 1, when he would almost never be priced like that in any in any tournament. He's 30-1. to 1. He is behind Will Zalatoris, who I think is way too popular this week. You talked about the putting splits yesterday, where it's like plus 17, Strokes gained in majors and minus six or whatever in every other tournament. I don't see that continuing in part because it seems so far that the sample size suggests Zalatoris is much better on fast greens, not on slow greens. So I so then that's that like the onion got peeled back in the mentions of that tweet that actually yeah from a stat standpoint the U.S. Open and the Masters are very fast greens, but the PJ Championship was actually very slow greens. Well, below uh, below tour average. They can't get yeah, they can't get those that fast because they're too too uh, un- There's too much slope. Yeah, yeah. So that's but like Colin Morikawa. If you're betting the value, if you're a value better, you have to bet Colin Morikawa at thirty to one. Forget that he's a defending champ and that he can't putt a lick. Like, 
he's way too good for that number, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't. He really. I mean, you just said it. He can't putt worth a lick, and I really feel like if if the wind, if the wind's not crazy here, doesn't this just becomes a putting contest? Does it not? It does a little bit. Yeah. And so, like, he was putting well at this time last year. I don't know if we can quite say the same is the case at the moment, but we'll see. What do we think about Brooks Kepka and or Hideki Matsuyama at 50 to 1? And will you be Brooks has a great open championship record. He played a lot of his golf uh in his early professional years overseas. Hideki at 50 to 1 is just not a number that you ever really see. And then are you going to be one of the people? Did you know that Tiger is the most bet on player this week? He's 60 to 1 right now on DraftKings. I've seen numbers as low as 40. But he's the casino is taking the most wagers. Maybe not surprising. That might not be the most money, remember. But the yeah, most wagers, the most money, I'm sure a lot of that's driven not. by the public, are on Tiger Woods. Really I, surprising to me. I do think like, we talked about it one time that the Masters, the Masters seemed like the best fit for him. But I really feel like this is not. This can't be far off from that. Like it's just it's not that long. If he's just like, I mean, his short game's still good. I think I mean, when we when we were when we watched him at the Masters and at the first rounds of the PGA Championship, he was making putts. He was getting up and down. He just so I, I wonder. I don't. Think yes, he, this is a good. Yeah, he's, I don't think and, he's gonna win. Obviously, and JT but. talked about. He was talking about this one just after the accident when he's looking through the the major sites or whatever, and this is the one that he picked out where he felt like this is one where I can play really well. Yeah, and I, I expect him to. I've seen it's so short. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's so short. The course <clears throat> is so old that like really it's so plays so much shorter than every other golf course that we watch. It's firm and it's short. So like, it's chipping, it's wedges, and are you straight? And are you making putts? And are you avoiding pot bunkers? Zach Johnson won the Open Championship at this venue. Louis Oosthuizen. Has never finished worse than third here. <laughs> or he has a first and a second, maybe? No, he has a not. A first he, and a playoff loss? Yes, I believe that's what it is. Um, he's 80 to 1. <clears throat> not not a bad name. And he's actually been playing fine. So if you like, albeit on the live, but um, that's a name that I don't, that I don't hate. Well, I've seen him as high as eighty. I see DraftKings has him at forty, so maybe he's maybe that number's crashing. But what about? Uh, I, I feel like I would have I would have been more likely to bet him twelve hours ago. But then I think about eight hours ago we learned of, about who he's playing with. Max Max Homa playing with Tiger Woods for the first two rounds is that is that helping him or is that hurting him? Why? I just feel like because he's like he's like so geeked out about it on Twitter right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't know if you if you have seen it. He had a tweet from like 2013 after he won the NCAA championship and he won the Pac-12 and he qualified for the U.S. Open. He's like like at Tiger Woods, like, hey, I just did all this stuff, like stuff that Tiger did. Only Tiger and Phil have ever done it. Do you want to? Can you play a practice round with me at the Open? Like you're my hero. And obviously, he didn't didn't <laughs> Tiger <laughs> Tiger didn't get back to him. <laughs> so now he gets to play the 150th Open with Tiger Woods. Good for him. Well, I have a I have a Max Homa tick. I liked it a lot more before I found out who was pairing. I still like I just it. can't tell if Are it, you kidding me? You don't think he wants to play his best in front of Tiger? You don't think he wants to beat Tiger? Well, I think you I think he obviously I think you do. It doesn't mean it's like that's how it 
doesn't know he's paying out like there's that. no way he's gonna be like the, the, the lights are gonna be too bright i think he's gonna be like on cloud nine he can play the best round of his life and i i think it's it's gonna go either two ways like he's gonna be playing he's gonna be in the top five after the first two rounds or he's gonna miss the cut well i think long shots i do think are interesting at open championships and i have a fair share of them so i mentioned i'm in on spieth and then I don't think I've placed another bet under a hundred. I might, I probably will. Like that Morikawa number at thirty certainly has my attention. I mentioned the Decky and Brooks you, at fifty. You've bet Bryce and I hope right because I remember on this pod, this very podcast about a year ago, you go, Where, "Where's the Open Championship preview? Where's the Open Championship uh, board? I need to get a bet out on Bryson." Oh, that is a good. That's a good idea. He's a hundred and ten to one driver and a putter. I, you said it was short. Okay, I could be talked into that, but you are seeing quality players at very depressed odds as you scroll through these odds. I mean, Robert McIntyre. I think a sixth place finish in his only previous open championship plays well in majors. He's Scottish. He's very good with his driver. He's 130 to one. That's not one I bet, but Adrian Moronk, he's been playing lights out. He's 150 to one. Um, the guys that I have backed down here already include, you mentioned a putting contest. This guy, he's American. He has a second-place finish in the Open Championship. He is a person who's discussed frequently on this podcast. And most recently, we did back him, I think, at the Travelers Championship. I think he's rounding into form. He has a win. And of all the major championship courses that we play, this is probably his best chance. He's 200-1. to Can you guess who he is? Uh, I kind of missed the, the first part of that. Kevin Kisner. Okay, that that seemed that seemed too easy. Okay, yes, Kevin Kisner, two hundred to one. I am in. I mentioned I had a home ticket at one fifty. I don't. That's think he, from a while ago, obviously, but I'm in on that as well. Um, Horschel from a while ago, also one fifty, and then my other long shots: Willett, two hundred, Westwood, three hundred. He's my old guy, Darren Clark. Uh, played this week, even though he's not known for good putting. Neither was Darren Clark, and so maybe he can get hot for a week. And Paul Casey, on account of his injury and his lived affection and everything else, has found his way all the way down to 180 to 1. Just a couple of years ago, he competed at Harding Park with Colin Morikawa. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I do think 180 to 1 is some pretty good value. So as you can see, I've left myself a little bit of room there since I have a gap between 16 to 1 Jordan Spieth and Max Homa 150 to 1 being my next uh bet on the board. So I don't know, maybe I'll find room for some I don't quite see the Seamus Power thing the way that you do, but that's pro- I I may back that with a top 20 and then um <clears throat> find one more guy in that but in that kind of middle range like that maybe Hideki at 50 or even Tiger at 60, maybe. Or I'll bet another guy down, or I'll bet Morikawa, or maybe even Rom. A name I really like that uh, defending champion, well, he's not anymore, uh, 2021 champion of the Scottish Open. I like Minwoo Lee a little bit. To win? Yes. Uh, Australian, 200 to 1, I believe, is what I have him at. Uh, so I think the second I think of like Australia, Australia, I think of wind. 
I think of hard pan and being like needing to move the ball on the ground. So you know what that means, right? Hmm. Cam Smith's going to win this week. Yeah, there was. Uh, <laughs> I he was, doesn't I was have hoping to use you, his driver. You weren't going to say that because Cam's not getting a ton of love. No, his number is pretty soft too. Twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people, people. <laughs> what, what have you done for me lately? Kind yeah, of, kind I know. of league. Goodness gracious! I mean, I could easily see him like lapping the field. He's that good. He really, like, he can, he can get it going so quickly. Well, if you say this is a good course for him because he does not have to hit driver. Yeah, they do say that there's something of a comp between St Andrews and Augusta in the sense that it's just so wide off the tee. The driving accuracy is not as important. You just there's certain places you definitely can't hit it, so it's strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can get away with some misses. So I don't hate Cam Smith this week at all. No. But real quick before we run out of time, um, Old Greenwood, the lovely Barracuda Championship, mm-hmm. Truckee, California. I mentioned our boots on the ground likes Cam Davis. I also mentioned Harry Higgs. It's two hundred ten to one. Did did your boots in the ground give you any reason why I like Cam Davis? No, but I'll give you one. <laughs> of the players in this field, he leads in DraftKings scoring, which is essentially what Stableford is. Yeah, kind of the same. It's not exactly the same, but if you if you were going to say like who scores DraftKings points, that's going to be the type of player that makes their way to the top. This week, which is you just have to make a lot of pots, a lot of birdies, and uh, there are lots of eagle opportunities out there as well. My picks: Vincent Whaley, forty-five; Matthias Schwab, forty-five; Grayson Sig, fifty to one; Brandon Haggy, who I really like at a hundred; Max McGreevy, who had a good week last week at one ninety, and I also bet Sean O'Hare and Joseph Bramlett to top twenty at plus three hundred and three twenty-five, respectively. I like Whaley quite a bit i like haggy quite a bit i like sig and i'm hoping to these are my kind of events i feel like i'm a little more familiar with those players than maybe the average better and i do think those guys have a good chance this week any other michigan guys playing in the uh, barracuda Stewart. yeah probably probably and I don't know, is yeah. Brem in the Open Championship? Probably not. Uh, Stewart is playing. Um, Brem is not in that field, so potentially, but I would be I would be surprised. I don't see him. No. John Daly, 100,000 to one. Yeah, there are some crazy names down there. Yeah, you get like, it. Like, it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't at St. Andrews, but, I mean, Tom Watson. I know. So, like, it, it is. Get an that, old guy on your card somewhere. That is where, like, Patrick Harrington. Patty Harrington and Westwood, I think, are two of the guys you got to think about. Like, and just, Woods technically almost kind of qualifies for that now. I really don't, because you, you can essentially, it doesn't matter how far you hit like, at all. Really, I really don't, I do not think it matters how far you hit the golf ball. You could be, like, the shortest hitter on the, on, in this field and still win. I agree. All right, good luck. Enjoy what's going to be an awesome week of golf. We'll be back with the results and recaps next week. See ya.